The following is a sermon from Faith Troy, a church located in Troy, Michigan. For more information and more audio and video content, go to www.faithtroy.org. Merry Christmas. As Joe said, my name is Andrew Simpson, and a few years ago I left Michigan to begin my studies at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis to be a pastor. And I am very privileged to come back and be with you here today to help celebrate Christmas this morning with you. And many of us are very merry on this morning. For some of us, Christmas is our favorite holiday. I know for me growing up, I really loved Christmas. There would be presents to open, family to visit, and food to eat. And this is a joyous season. As we just heard in our reading from Luke's Gospel, Christmas is a time of year when we remember the birth of Jesus, the one who came to save us from our sins. But if we're being honest with ourselves, the joy that Christmas time can bring, all those feelings that we experience, are not lasting. In a few days, we will go back to our jobs, our schools, and all the mundane aspects of life. All the struggles that we experienced before this morning will be there when we return to them tomorrow. What is more, there are others for whom Christmas is not so joyous. It's a reminder of the troubles that life can bring. Perhaps some of you are thinking of those who are no longer able to celebrate with us. Even further, on this very day, Christians around the world are being persecuted for their faith. And we should remember these brothers and sisters as we celebrate this morning. And so we find, even in the joy that this life can bring, there is also struggle. And some of the same problems that we face today were also faced during the days of Isaiah. And so I'd like with you to turn your Bibles with me to Isaiah chapter 9. If you're using the Bibles in the seat back in front of you, it's on page 1072. Now when the prophets spoke to the people of Judah, they were a small nation, and they could compare themselves to the giant nations around them. Two cities in Israel, as a matter of fact, had just been conquered by the mighty Assyrian Empire. The people of God at this time were experiencing famine, war, and ultimately, struggle. And yet, God had given them a promise of joy in the midst of this struggle to hold on to. He gave them a sign. He said, The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. In this chapter, God, through his prophet Isaiah, tells us a little bit more about who this Emmanuel is. And so I'd like to take a few minutes with you just going through the text to explore the identity of Emmanuel, who he is and what he will do. Beginning at verse 1, we read, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. 
In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. If we look back through our lives, some of us may have had a fear of the dark growing up. Walking around in a dark room, it can be difficult to find your way, and you might stumble into some object. Because when we're in the dark, we cannot see clearly. And so we also know that if you turn on a light in that room, it will change everything about that room and the way we see it. And Emmanuel is the light who changes everything for us. Many of the, us in the church are used to seeing Gentiles or non-Jewish people all around in the church. But there was a time when only the Jewish people were considered the people of God. He called them out of Egypt to take them into the promised land. Though they would complain and rebel against him, God took care of them because they were his people. But here God says a light would come to the Gentiles as well. God has given us a light in his son Jesus. While we were still sinners, the Messiah claimed us as his own. God put his name on us, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in our baptism, so that now we may be called the children of God. And so we are now a part of God's family. And now that we've been adopted by God, we can approach him as our dear Father and as his dear children. Because we are clothed in the righteousness of Christ, God does not view us as sinners, but as his children. Now, for the next few verses, some context might be helpful to understand them. The book of Judges tells us how hard it was for the Israelites to settle in the land of Israel. The nation of Midian was one that oppressed them for many years. But God raised up a person to deliver them. Gideon, along with a few hundred men, were able to drive the Midianites out, overcoming otherwise insurmountable odds. And so we pick up with verse number three. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. I wonder if the people of Judah could even imagine what this picture would look like. God was saying he would take their burdens away, just like when the nation of Midian was miraculously defeated. 
the war that they were seeing around them, the Assyrians who would come against them, would not conquer them. But God's promise is even bigger than that in Emmanuel. He not only promised that the war that they were seeing would come to an end, but the very idea of war itself would be a thing of the past. God says a time was coming when they would be able to throw their armor away because they would no longer need it, because all fighting would cease. All struggle would come to an end. And for us, too, it can be difficult to see or picture this world of peace with all the sin and struggle that we see around us. How would Emmanuel do this? Perhaps the people of Judah listening to Isaiah would thought Emmanuel would be some kind of military figure, uh, that he would come to destroy his enemies through some kind of military victory, and there would be no more fighting as a result of that. But instead, God did something different. He sent his son in a manger. For God in Christ humbled himself, leaving his place in heaven and taking on a human nature. He was named Jesus, for he would save his people from their sins. He was Emmanuel, God with us. Like us, Emmanuel knew the joy of knowing God as his father. And like us, he too experienced suffering. He would die. He would die upon a cross. And the reason he would suffer and die is because he knew that his death would mean our redemption. And then he rose again from the grave so that he would be victorious over death, that we would have a right relationship with our Father, and that we would have the hope of our resurrection. The book of Hebrews says it this way, Since God's children have flesh and blood, Jesus too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. According to this verse, the Son of God became a man for two reasons, to destroy the work of the devil and to liberate those enslaved by the fear of death. And because of our adoption into God's family, Jesus is now our brother. And as our brother, Emmanuel has broken the power of sin over our lives. And so let's pick up with verse number 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne over his kingdom, establishing it 
and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Now, in this prophecy of Isaiah, it can be very easy for us to identify this child as Jesus. But to the people hearing the message in Isaiah's day, this must have been very confusing. How could a mere son of man be both mighty God and everlasting father? What kind of wondrous things would this counselor do? And how would he be a prince of peace, given all the threats and war and struggle that they faced? This Emmanuel, though he was clearly good news, must have been a very puzzling, mysterious figure to Isaiah's generation. We are fortunate in our day to know more fully who Emmanuel is. He is the Messiah who came into the world. In his earthly ministry, he began to establish peace by making peace between God and man, reconciling us with our Heavenly Father. And so this Christmas season is a time when we look back. It is a time when we look back to when the Son of God entered into our world to redeem his people. But it is also a time when we look forward to when Emmanuel reappears on the earth. Right now, many of us are experiencing joy and also struggle. But Emmanuel is coming. And when he returns, he will undo all suffering and establish peace completely between God and man in our own hearts, and between one another. When he returns, the dead in Christ will rise again to have everlasting life. War, division, and death will become a thing of the past. Instead, we will have life in his name. The name of Jesus, our Emmanuel. That is why the church may rejoice and be glad. Emmanuel will come to ransom Israel. That is, those who by faith have been made a part of God's family. In the midst of our lives, Emmanuel is working. So though we experience joy, during this Christmas season? How can we endure through the struggles that life brings on earth? The answer is Christmas. The answer is Emmanuel, who changes everything. Through Jesus, we may endure the present suffering of this world, knowing that we are awaiting a glorious resurrection and life eternal with him. In Jesus, he is making all things new. In Jesus, we find God is with us, and God is for us, 
as well. Join with me in this time of prayer. Bow your heads. Father in heaven, you sent your only begotten Son to earth to be our Emmanuel. He is the Savior who reconciled us to you. Look with favor upon your servants here at Faith Lutheran Church. May your light so shine upon us this Christmas and for our entire lives so that we may rejoice in the hope your Son brings to us. Through your Holy Spirit, strengthen our faith so that we may endure to the end when our Messiah returns. It's in this Messiah's name that we pray, Jesus, our Emmanuel. Amen.